And now, a word from our sponsors. Now available on Amazon.com in print and Kindle. From Sweetie Cat Press, the who's who of emerging writers 2021, which includes the bios of 128 modern day writers and seven essays by writing influencers. The bios answer the questions. What do they write? Where do they live? When did they start writing? Why do they write? And how you can find out more about them and more. I'm Christopher Bice. I'm the author of a New Age poetry book called Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. This isn't one of your grandmother's poetry books. Okay, I do some traditional poetry of love, death, and inspirations. But I also write about all the insanity hiding in my mind. Come experience the stories that are fleeing a tortured mind. Ride the wave of emotion and fear. Shed a tear, find the light, or maybe learn to fear the darkness. We're in the final countdown. Look for my book, Escaping the Darkness, coming this June. And tell your grandma to stay away. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press Anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Welcome to my public life as an American nerd. My name is Eddie, and thank you for the second episode. I see that you came back, and welcome. Also, I'm have, number two. I'm number two. You're number two. All you're right, two. right on. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is my friend uh, Andy Michelli from Roadwork. He's going to be my special guest uh, here on uh, on my my life as an American. Ha. Huh. My public life as an American nerd. So, how are you doing, Andy? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure. Yeah, we're gonna go over a few things, talk about some some of our past, uh, some things that uh, we're interested in. Uh, cool, Andy. How'd you get started as a musician? Oh, this is. I love telling this story. <laughs> I was a little kid. I I grew up in Rolling Heights, as you know, and. Um, I was watching TV as a little boy. I must have been maybe four or five years old. And Elvis Presley came on. They were run, I'll never forget Channel 9. They used to run these reruns. And I was watching, um, I believe it was Jailhouse Rock or one of those early Elvis Presley reruns they were showing on TV. Probably about 1963 or four, wow. something like that. Maybe two, 62. And I'm watching this and I said, oh, my God. I want to do that. Yeah. So I would, I grab uh, whatever I, a broom and I would pretend to be Elvis, you know, shaking, doing the Elvis dance. Yeah. My grandparents saw that. Yeah. I was shaking my hips and they were, they loved Elvis, my grandparents on my mom's side. So they said, you do get on the table and do that dance and we'll give you, we'll get you a guitar. So that was my first, you know, I got up on the table. I felt like a fool, but I had my Flintstone building blocks and I <laughs> pretended it was a guitar and they, cool. they, they bought me a, they sooner or later, I bugged them. They took them a while to get it to me, but you know, I didn't know anything, but. And now here you are, oh. here you are playing with Roadwork. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who are the other band members of Roadwork? We have Chad Michaels on bass guitar. 
uh, Dave Wilbert on drums. They're both from uh, out where you are, out in Victorville area. Oh, wow. Or at least Dave was. He just sold his house and moved, I think, to Ontario. And okay. then Mike, Mike Prince, who's our lead vocalist, who's from Havasu, Lake Havasu. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. You guys play a lot in Lake Havasu. Yeah, we do. We, you know, throughout that whole pandemic, we've been busy. We, you know, Arizona, I think we stopped for about a month, you know, to clear, you know, see what was going on. But uh, that was back, I don't want to say February or March of last year. And since then, we've just been going every single weekend up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Actually, I look at you guys' schedule. You get that's not a pro, that's not a bad gig to be doing it no. at the at the Lake Havasu. Uh, no, it's it's a we're so blessed to be playing while other bands were shut down and haven't played in a year and a half. You know, yeah. we were we were out there playing. Yes, we had to travel, but the money was good and uh, and it really built up a great reputation for road work in a whole nother area. You yeah. know, which was that was great. But I remember begging to get a gig out there. Our first gig was at McKee's in Lake Havasu. Uh, we had already played in Parker quite a bit at the river, you know, at Foxes yeah. and Sundance. But uh, yeah, it was great. We were able to take that up to Havasu. And it's now we're just so booked, you know. Is it starting to get uh, crowded there again? It, yeah, it's crowded. It, it always has been, you know. They, oh, they what about have, during the pandemic? It, yeah, was, it, it was great. They Arizona is a whole like- different ball game compared to California was, you know, Yeah. and we still did a few gigs in California, but they were hush gigs, you know, it's yeah. like, don't tell anybody you're playing here. You know, they are going to come in and shut us down. So we snuck in a few and, yeah. uh, but mainly we were gigging. We've been gigging every since I want to say March. Uh, we've been playing every weekend up in Havasu. Yeah, I so been... much so that I've asked for some time off because it's just getting to wow. me after yeah. it's too much. Where's you on know? you? Yeah, it does. I haven't been to Havasu in like 10 years. Oh, you I just it. remember uh, the canyons would be so packed that you could actually walk on boats from boat to boat to boat. To boat. It's just <laughs> exactly. But right. You know, that's not a bad gig that you guys have. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's great. All the clubs out there. Uh, it was a little tough this last weekend. Uh, we just played uh, Friday and Saturday and it was um, it was hot. It was like 128 degrees. And 111, 112 at night, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, I couldn't wait to get home from this one. But um, and where, where, are you, where are you from? Where are you living? Uh, I'm from Rowan Heights. You know Rowan Heights yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, I, I was born in Alhambra, but as a, I think I was two years old when we moved to Rowan Heights. And so we lived there when there was nothing. So that's why I like to say I'm from there, although I'm currently residing in San Jacinto. Yeah, but my uh, that's where my upbringing was in Rolling Heights. Yeah, I grew up in a in the town close to Rolling Heights. I grew up in La Puente, Puente Hills that's area. They, that, you know, that, I got to stop you because it's funny. When we moved to Rolling Heights, they didn't call it Rolling Heights back then. This was like nineteen sixty. Yeah, they used to call it La Puente. So oh, that, really, yeah, Rolling Heights was called La Puente for years because oh, wow. nobody knew. Yeah, I, didn't I know think. That. Yeah, I think it was until I was about 65, maybe 66, where they started calling it Rolling Heights for what it was. So, yeah. Well, so when everybody asked me where I lived, I said, I'm, I live in, in La Puente. Yeah, depending on who I was speaking to, I lived mm-hmm. in Puente Hills. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to, I went to a Catholic school my whole life, uh, right, right there. And then went there, I went to St. Joseph's, then uh, I went to Bishop oh, yeah. Mont. Uh, ah. they're they're off, off the outskirts of La Puente and West yes. Covina. Yeah. But then I, like I said, I told you just recently, I purchased my first house right there in uh, Roland Heights. Oh, right. So I'm very familiar with that area. Yeah. But I yeah. remember cruising, like when I was a, a teenager, cruising Kalima Boulevard and stuff. Oh, yeah. At, at Tommy's right there. Yeah. It's not the, Tommy's well, anymore, though. Well, imagine when I was a kid. Uh, they didn't even have the 60 freeway going through there. I remember oh, when they, that me? came in. The only way you could travel was to hit uh, Nogales or Fullerton and somehow get to Valley Boulevard to go to Woody or go to L.A. or go wherever you wanted to go. There was no Pomona freeway there at the time. So, yeah, there was nothing. Orange Groves. Wow. Kalima was called Fifth Avenue when I was wow. a kid. So, yeah, that's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aging myself here. 
<laughs> I remember um going to the Plenty Hills Mall and oh, yeah. seeing uh seeing them um film uh, Back to the Future. Oh yeah. Yeah. Back to the Future. Well, we used to go there when they first opened it. That's I think it was 75 is when they first opened that mall. That's where you go and pick up on chicks, man. Yep. At the Plenty Hills Mall. They're in uh the showboat, the showboat and yeah. um skate yeah. country. Skate country. That was fun. Yeah, God. Those, those, those I are some memories. Yeah, that was the only place to go. I remember when that finally came in, you know, it was like, wow, something to do out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was pretty boring. It was oh, pretty really? boring. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had uh, my, oh, man, I grew up right in that area. Right. A lot of, a lot of cool memories. Yep. Yep. So now you're in uh, San Santo. Yep. Riverside County. Riverside County. Where men are men, sheep run scared in San Jacinto. <laughs> Crazy. So what type of music do you guys play? Uh, this is one of the things I love most about my band, Roadwork, is that we play everything from, we can do, you know, the earliest stuff we do is some Stones, Beatles, um, you know, anything that was 60s. But we lately we're doing 90s, 2000s stuff, Rage Against the Machine, uh, disturbed, um, lit. Uh, then we even do some 2000 stuff like with Greta Van Fleet and then, you know, 70, late seventies, early eighties, a lot of eighties stuff, white snake, um, Van Halen, of course, you, you know, the later seventies stuff would be like Ted Nugent and stuff like that. So no, we, we have a, a I large think variety of different types. Yeah. Of music. I really think, you know, and depending um, who we're playing for, you kind of fill out the crowd at every gig that you're playing. And, you know, you can tell people want to dance more. So we'll play some of the 60s, 70s stuff, you know, the dancing stuff and even some 90s stuff. But we have such a great pool to choose from, you know what I mean, of material. That That's one thing we can, we do it all. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. We pretty much do it all. But And we do it a little bit harder than most bands do, you know. Um, yes, I've seen quite a few videos of you guys. Yeah, you guys, you guys do the '90s uh, music very well. Some Rage Against Thanks. Machine. I've never heard oh, a cover band. I've never heard a band actually uh, play Rage, and you do it uh, well. Yeah, I've heard a couple bands do it. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm a stickler for doing things as close. Here's my motto: If I'm going to learn a song, and it, we're a cover band, so if I'm going to play a song that somebody's heard for 20, 30 years. I want to play it exactly as the guy. So I'll get into the, what equipment did he use? What kind of guitar, what kind of effects did he use? You know, so I want to be, I don't want to be just a band that goes out there and, and plays it my way all the time because people just go, ah, they're used to hearing it. You know, well, Tom Morello is basically like a Van Halen where he creates his own sound. Yeah. He creates his own He's music. Uh, watching Tom Morello do stuff on the guitar he he makes the guitar sound like a turntable sometimes where he's scratching on it. Yeah. He, he you would think that he's scratching records, but no, he's doing that on the guitar. Well, let me give you a little bit of Tom Morello. What I, all right. He, all right. Here yeah, you go. He's like, you know, it, actually Eddie, came, Eddie Van Halen came up with this. You know that. And so he took the pick and was like. That yeah, kind of sound, yeah. and then he uses an octavator because, like, like in this one, you know, he does that kind of thing. So I love Tom Morello in the sense that he was an innovator too, you know, with the effects yeah. and stuff. So he was good, but yeah. So there's a lot of tricks that I want to know. I want to know what Tom Morello did on. What did he use on that song? What what key is he playing in? How is this guitar tuned? Down to the I'm very anal about that shit. Uh, OCD. Some some people think I have OCD when it comes time to learn stuff. You know, growing up in La Puente, uh, mm -hmm. you kind of said like "ese." You know, I I grew up in an area where <laughs> it was mainly a lot of Hispanics. That's yeah. the area that yeah. I grew up in. So right. there's a lot of R and B. There's a lot of oh, yeah. uh, early early rap. Uh, the beginning right. of rap at Sugar Hill uh -huh. Gang and some. Uh, Casey and, and the Sunshine Band. Um, yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson is early years when he came out with the Off the Wall. My brother, my brother had those albums, but I grew yeah. up in, a, in going to a school where it was predominantly white, and I grew up listening to that plus listening to rock. 
heavy metal. Now you said you said you went to Bishop Amon. Is yes. that what's cool? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we it's played fun. there before. Probably oh, really? when you were going there. <laughs> was, was it Roadwork or a different band? Roadwork. Yeah, it was. Oh wow. Roadwork played there back. I think because uh, my cousin went to that school. His name was Kenny Michelli or McKelly. They used to call him, but he was just a couple years younger than me. But we ended up somehow playing there. I don't know how, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We opened for Flock of Seagulls. Oh, there. really? Yeah. Oh, Flock of Seagulls played there? Uh, yeah. Ben, ben Hanley played there. Yeah. Ben Hanley played there. Yeah, they played at uh, my high school. I was too young. Yeah. I wasn't going there, but they played there as well. Right. Um, but listening to the different types of music, I actually, right. uh, my very first album, do you remember your first album they bought? Yes. The first album I ever bought, yes, yes. I do remember. Beatles. Oh, Beatles. I was a okay. big Beatles fan when I was a kid. So I think it, I want to say the first Beatle album I ever got was Meet the Beatles. Meet the their Beatles. first American release, yeah. yeah. And I was already, it had already been out for a few years before I bought it. When, you know? the, when the British invasion came over. Yeah, I was a big fan of the Beatles. I just, I still am. Still one of my favorite bands. The very first album I bought was uh, Women, Children First. Oh, was ben, it Van Halen? Ben Halen? Wow. Yeah. yeah, that was the very first album I bought. And it was funny coming from my family, because my family would listen to R&B. My, my dad listened right. to doo-wop. My mom would listen to country and also the Beatles, Rolling Stones. But How my cool. first album I bought was uh, Van Halen, the scene Tora Tora. Wow. I couldn't even play that in my house. Like, that, that, that's, that's devil music. What are you listening to? And, and, and the guitar riffs, my, my mom would go, you're nuts. Turn that off. You know, that's, isn't that, it. My bass player tells me the same stories. He, he, this guy is a phenomenal bass player, but he also plays guitar. And he also grew up, we listened to the same kind of stuff grand funk railroad oh, and yeah you know uh actually you know, I, have the some, I have some of those albums too yeah so my bass player chad he can tell you stories his dad was like turn that devil shit off you're gonna it's gonna corrupt your mind yeah so i can imagine what you went through you know i was so lucky in the sense that my mom was a singer and although she sang like judy garland and uh show tunes kind of stuff you know peggy lee stuff like that um I, I was into rock and roll the first time I heard Elvis and the first time, and she was very supportive. I knew she was thinking, I'll never forget the first gig that she went to, uh, to see us play, um, another Catholic school where we were playing at my, so I invited my mom. Missions and she, maybe? Uh, no, it was, it wasn't Bishop Amon. Right. Lydia. There's quite a few. Lydia would know. She'd, she'd know what school was, but yeah, it was somewhere off of uh, in Rosemead or close to Rose off Rosemead Boulevard somewhere and, and Beverly. So I can't remember where it was, but anyways, I invited my mom. It's Don, Bos Don Bosco. That's it. Don Bosco. And um, my mom came and she was like, oh, my God, she she I could tell she didn't like it, you know, because we were doing Van Halen and stuff. But, you know, but she was so supportive, you know what I mean, in that endeavor. But she always said, make sure you have something to fall back on. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just so funny now that we listen to this. Some of that music that we used to listen to oh, yeah. that they call devil music is actually on yeah. Coast 102 or something like that. A really mellow radio station. Yeah. That's weird that you said your dad did that because I hear that from so many people. It's like, you know, so my kid, my son, uh, you know, he likes the hip hop stuff. You know, so I'm, and he and he tries to rap to the hip hop. He wants to be a, I don't know, hip hop Yeah, so I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to be. I don't like it. You know, I'm I'm the kind of guy, but I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, you could do this and you could do that, but yeah, you try to be supportive of it. And I just remember that the way my parents were about it. You know, I, I you try know. to keep an open mind with music. Even yeah, today. yeah, you have to. It's just so yeah. hard. Because it's, it's, <laughs> when, when I'm so listen, I used to listen to hip hop when it first started. And I used right. to listen to the rappers back then, and you right. can understand what they're saying. You can hear the right. words clearly. And today's right. rap, you, the, what the hell are they saying? I don't, yeah. They're mumbling. And, and it, I don't it, like the, the cursing and the derogatory comments. And I think it it divides a lot of people, and it makes people hate cops and stuff and whatever. Yeah. You know, I I don't I don't want to get into that, but 
it's like I like stuff with a positive connotation to it, you know. You know what's so funny about what you just said with the cops is that um, Ice T, when he first came out, he did his rap, his rap anything. But in the 90s, he was in a band called Body Count, and they had a song called Cop Killers. Right, right. That song was like derogatory to cops. Yeah. And, And it was just, and that's the same time NWO was out. But you right. watch you watch him now, and he's so much support that amazing? the police departments, and he actually yeah. he actually oh, is a cop oh, on oh. TV, and you know so many things have changed and switched. It, it, yeah, it's you know um, life has a funny way, especially as you get older, of uh, making you realize just how stupid you were when you were younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I reminisce about the old days, you know, and I'm like, I'm nothing like that anymore. You know, I'm thank well, God, you know, well, things I, change. I li- I was going to a Catholic school and right. I would listen to Ozzy Osbourne, ACDC. Yeah. And oh. uh, that, don't know. That's definitely, <laughs> I mean, yeah. None would be like, turn that stuff off. And I remember uh, we used to do an aerobics class in seventh grade and I was in charge of bringing the music. And right. I was being Twisted Sister songs like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll tell me, turn that off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah crazy. It's insane, man. We must have played a dozen Catholic schools like where you went and uh, a bunch, especially the ones out in L.A. County. You know, we yeah. even did some in Los Angeles. And uh, But, yeah, you're always you always wondered how the priest could sit there and watch the shit. Some of them were. The priest would be. I actually had one of my guitars blessed by a priest when I was really there. I Catholic. You know, I, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I went to uh, St. Martha's and oh, um, right there, La yeah, Puente. right there, La Fuente, right? So Temple it's like, and, uh, no, Amar and me, I don't know, is this, a- yeah? So I made my first holy communion there and stuff, you know. So it would never cease to amaze me how sometimes they could be so cool, they would never come up and tell us, oh, don't play that or don't do this. and um, you know, so I remember one time, I think it was Bishop Lamont that, or one of these Catholic schools with the drummer came out with a fake joint, you know what I mean? Oh. And, and during one of our songs, he would, yeah, I think it was during ice cream man or something like that. He'd come uh. out like the joint up and priest didn't say nothing to us about it. It was like uh. really cool. Some of those places are worse than regular schools. So, well, yeah. let me tell you, I, I had some, uh, the, some priests that were really cool, but right. I remember this, uh, one, um, priest i'm not gonna say his name but he would he would go <laughs> behind he would go behind the um the altar and sit there and drink wine oh yeah and then, a lot a of them than, than, than go back out and yep. then so we started doing that too we started before going to having service drink the wine before right. we did service yeah, wow crazy no you, you know a, what man nothing is as, as, as it is appears to be you know what i mean oh, yeah things are always different and yet you know, and you just go, hey, you know, they got a life too. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they're human. So, so you have a replica. Uh, no, Eddie Van Halen called it Frankenstein guitar. Yeah, it's a replica of the Frankenstein. Although, they're, you know, Eddie's first guitar was so different than this in a sense that, you know, um, this was made while he was still alive. So he he made a series of these. He made a white and black one like his first guitar. Right, right. And then he made a black and yellow they call it a bumblebee, which I had, but I sold it. And then um, then the Frankenstrat, you know, came came from the first guitar, actually, the white and black one. You can kind of see the white and black, still the stripes, the way he had it like this. You know, I don't know right. if you can see that. Yeah. But, yeah, these black stripes were like on his original white. Hey, turn it on the side and show the little. Uh, this? He, he had, oh, the star right there. Yep. There's a star. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm I think the guy I bought this from put that there. Okay. Right there, yeah. No, no, that was he actually mashed two guitars together to get that yeah. sound. Right. Because they didn't have a guitar like that. He yeah. actually put the, the guitar together and uh he was an innovator his like own that. Side, his own sound. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was I remember when I was a kid and I first time I picked up a Fender Stratocaster. And I played it and I was playing with the whammy bar and I'm going, oh, that's so cool, you know, but it wouldn't stay in tune there. You could do these really cool dive bombs, but it wouldn't stay in tune. But he he figured out a way, the way he wound the strings and then he put oil, three in one oil up here on the nut so that the strings would not get caught up in the, the thing here. But I remember just thinking 
I love the feel of a Stratocaster. I love the thinness of the neck and it feels lighter than a Les Paul or something that I had back in those days. But the thing I hated about it was the pickups. So he just got smart and said, hey, you know, I'm going to put a humbucking pickup in a guitar and let it rip from there. You know what I mean? And what a great idea. Then he probably said, okay, you know, I got, I don't need the tone knob. I just need one volume knob, one pickup, you know, and he was just a great innovator. Trial and error is where he, right. you know, got all that stuff. So, but he approved the, he approved these. And like I said, I had a black and yellow one, the Bumblebee, the Bumblebee one. Right. I sold it. I didn't like it. I was, I was like, oh, this guitar feels cheap. It was terrible. And the neck, I had Fred Did he over that one too? As well? Did that, he improve the Bumblebee as well? Yeah, he did. But the good news is I just got this about a week ago. And the guy I bought it from, he is a guitar guy. He's a guitar luthier. So he, you know, he did the frets. Uh, his, his name's Ed also. And he did the frets. He filed the frets down. He made sure the neck was nice and straight. He took a lot of, took a lot of, um, time and effort to make it when i played it i go oh i'm just gonna buy this to flip it you know what i mean because right. everybody wants now that eddie's dead everybody wants to buy an eddie guitar you know right but then i played it and i go holy shit this thing's the, one of the best eddie van halen guitars i've ever played you know cool. and so yeah i'm a big fan of this guitar okay, I, i'm gonna tell people how we met okay okay i don't, I don't know andy i'm doing a show called scare uh -huh. fair up in victorville on mm -hmm. october 30th Scarefer uh -huh. is going to have two bands. The first band is going to be Roadwork. Okay. I so that's what that's how we met. I this is my first time interviewing uh, Andy. Now I have the pleasure of watching Andy perform live. Andy, I, I, I want to show the audience what you can do with this guitar. Uh, <laughs> can you play "Eruption" from Van Halen? Not the whole thing, just just some sounds. Sure. Uh, let me get to my settings here, you know. Okay, so. never stop learning that song that little lick those licks i'm always constantly learning oh he's doing something different there i go back and revisit you'd it. have to watch to see what he's actually doing because you know what because you, yeah, can't, you can go you can't on youtube yeah there, you can go on youtube and there's some 12 year old kid who show you how yeah. to play it, you know yeah but you have to remember i was learning that when there was none of that you know what i mean yeah. there was Van Halen came out the first album and I was like, what is that? It sounds like a keyboard. You know, yeah. I couldn't believe it was a guitar. And then a guy was playing with it at the time says, I think he's, you know, hammering. So we took our picks and we started doing this. Uh... You know what I mean? But we weren't in the right key or none of it, but it was like, okay, we're getting close, you know? So yeah. you had to sit there and just listen to the album until you wore the needle out, you know what I mean? Because you can't read that on a sheet. You cannot no, read right. that on a sheet. Not at that time. Not at that time, no. Now you, you can go on, like I said, 
go on YouTube. There's a 12 year old kid showing you how to play the thing, you know, and he's yeah. doing it really damn good, you know? So it's, yeah. But back in the day when I learned it, it's, but I never, even when I watch other people do it, I'm still going, Oh, you know, that's something I didn't catch. Or, you know, when I listen to it on the original album again, I'll go, that's something I didn't hear, you know, the first time. I'm always... Well, so you're going back and listening to the original always, album. I always revisit a lot of stuff that we do because after time, you start doing your own, like like this lick right here. I, I was like, oh, shit. I, I, just, well, I was leaving that out. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's so little things like that. I always just... I'm so anal about it, you know? Now, what is your favorite type of music to play? I love everything, you know? Um course van halen's probably my favorite stuff to play because you know being a guitar player there was you know when i was a kid i heard Jimi hendrix and i wasn't i wasn't blown away by it you know what i mean i was like that guy's good he's phenomenal he's one of the best i've ever heard but i was more blown away by mississippi queen by leslie west you know what i mean the sound you know You know, I was like, oh, that sounds badass, you know? And so I wanted to learn that kind of stuff. But, you know, it wasn't until, uh, of course, I heard Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple and that I was oh, like, yeah. oh, that guy kicks ass, you know? Yeah. So then I really started getting into it. And then Eddie came out and I was like, oh, dude, this is totally new. So as far as guitar players go, you know, I, I was influenced by Robin Trower more than Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. I loved Robin Trower. I loved Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. He was right. my first, he was my first guitar hero. And then, of course, after that, Robin Trower. And then I heard uh, Richie Blackmore started getting into Deep Purple. And then Eddie Van, you know, Ted Nugent came out. I thought he was great. But then Eddie just like took it to a whole nother level. You know what I mean? There was yeah. there was that whole what's that guy doing? Why is he doing it like that? He's, he's just incredible. So, yeah. And you know what? I've heard a great player since Steve. I have seen Steve. I have seen Ingve Mountain. I've seen some really great players, but there's just something so different about Eddie that was just made him such a great guitar player. And if you're going to learn a lot, a lot of my friends just gave up playing after they heard Eddie. You know, they were like, oh, Can't forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be able to. How do you match that? You know what I mean? And you right. can't beat them, join them, right? But, but look at Slash. Slash is a different yeah. type of guitarist. Has right. his own unique sound. But, right. But he he's just as good in his own right. in his own way. He's great Eddie. for what he's doing. Right, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah guys like that, I, I'm, I, I listen to and I go, he's another one that comes. Tom Murillo, we were talking about earlier. Right. He's another one. These guys come around once in a lifetime. You know, Eddie just came along once in 10 lifetimes. You I know, know. I mean? in a They're decade. Such an innovator. Over a decade, yeah. My mom had a, okay, my dad listened to WAP, so there's a lot of albums right. that we used to have. Ooh. And there's Otis Redding. He had Otis Redding oh, albums. Wow. And my mom yeah. had this one album, and I actually stole it from her years ago years ago it's it's otis redding uh and and jimmy hendrix experience live oh yeah yeah i remember that album yeah Yeah. so i had that that? was that at recorded at uh monterey monterey pop festival i think it was i think it's monterey festival right right but they're both of them on the same the same album oh yeah i remember my dad used to listen to stuff like that he's the one that turned me on to jimmy hendrix Believe it or not, he was into Credence, another great band I loved playing was Credence. And, uh, you know, my dad was a big Credence fan. He listened to all uh, the Beatles. He loved the Beatles, too. I was so lucky to have a father like that. He just well, passed. One, one of the greatest drummers of all times, believe it or not, was Ringo Starr. But you listen Phenomenal. to him play on the on the drums with the Beatles songs. And it looks like so simple, so easy. But yeah. But he's one of the best guitar. Uh, I'm sorry, drummers there was. Yeah. Um, because yeah, he's an so, innovator. In a, yeah, an yeah. Innovator. If you listen to songs like, uh, um, what is that? Dun dun dun. Come together. Yeah, he does this little. He's doing all these little roles, and it's just he would fit in the song. How do you find a drummer that good? You know, they were lucky to come upon him at the end there, near the end. So, great guitar player or drummer. Right. One of my favorites. Now, Ozzy 
when he left Black Sabbath, came in luck with his guitarist. Can you play Crazy Train? Uh, let me see. See if I remember. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I really Randy. Um, what's his last name? Can't remember the guitarist. Uh Randy, Randy Rhodes. Well, yeah, Randy Rhodes. There you go. Yeah, right. phenomenal. Yeah. Another again, not one of my favorites. I right. always thought that he sounded a little dirtier and more there was more fuzz than there was substance in his guitar playing. But I I had to learn Crazy Train once. Right. And that gave me a whole new appreciation for him. <laughs> uh, you know, because he's going. You know, and then I'm going, okay, that's cool. But then he does this. You know, he's doing this really cool Your little fingers are like so fast. But he was so good, dude. Your, he was your, great. Your fingers move so quick. And yeah. to you, it's probably natural. To me, it's like, what the hell is he doing? No, I <laughs> trust me. I I said, here's how I start stuff off. It's like, I learned something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds like shit. And it's just from, you know, again, just going over it and over it. And I piss everybody in my house off. Everybody hates the song by the time I learn it. They're like, that song, I don't want to hear it no more, you know? <laughs> and I can't blame them. I really can't blame them. I'll wear it and see. I was, believe this, you're going to trip on this, brother. I was playing, we were, I was just jamming on. The neck. Yeah, and I'm going, okay, that's cool. But then I found a whole new appreciation for the lead player in uh, the knack. His name was Brett Aubrey or something like that. Right. And this guy is just doing some of the best chops in that song. And I couldn't wait to learn it. You know, I couldn't wait to learn the, his lead part in that song. It's just phenomenal. You know, he's doing some really cool licks. There's, so it's like you learn appreciation for guys like Randy Rhodes or Brett Avery or Robin Trower or just Richie Blackmore, the guys that I love listening to. They, when, they're just when, phenomenal. When you listen to The Knack, that's the song that you remember. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they're not one hit wonders, but they had this one song that was catchy and it caught on. But right. they they do so many so much other music that sounds way better than the song that, that exactly number one. And you that's a think. curse. Yeah, it's a it's a blessing and it's a curse in the same time because right. I mean you you probably remember Peter Frampton his live album. Oh yeah, Frampton but, comes yeah. alive. It was a curse. It was a great album. I remember hearing Peter Frampton before he came out with that live album. Right. Thinking, this guy's really good. I liked him. But when I heard the live album, I go, oh, my God, that's phenomenal. And I go, try to beat that now. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's a curse. But Eddie Van Halen was able to do it. Yeah. With, he, with, with different singers. Yeah. And several times, you know what I mean? That's what I loved about the Beatles, you know, in the sense that uh, the Beatles could do. You know, they came out and they were this bubblegum top of Fab Four, you know, whatever, you know. Um, you know, that kind of music. And it's like, um, but they changed it. Then they kept evolving and they kept evolving. Then there was Sergeant Peppers, you know, like. I, got, a I have that drum. on too. <laughs> and then they did it again with Abbey Road. And I'm just going, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. How many, you know, Eddie was like that. Phenomenal. The, the change of those bands. Especially mm -hmm. coming from uh, other countries, they came over. They gave us a new sound, but right. then they changed that sound, and right. they changed it. They kept innovating, and so it's something different, something unique, something uh, modern yeah. that nobody ever heard of. And, and it would be like, "Oh my God, why are they doing that?" Like like Queen and doing uh, opera. It's it's it was right. crazy, but it worked. Yeah, Queen's another great band. One of the bands that I love to listen to every single album. And every single album is different to me. The Rolling Stones. The Rolling yeah. Stones were the same type of band. They went from rock, right. disco. I mean, just in and out, in and out. Different right. Flavors. Different yeah, flavors. they changed with the times. Yeah. And believe it or not, like, uh, I used to but work. They, they didn't little... change with the times. They were the change. They made the times. Yeah. yeah, they made the times. Right. And it's, uh, uh, I used to work for this guy out in Riverside for Alarm Company back when I was, I don't know, younger. And it was, um, 
he was the he was Bo Donaldson in the Haywoods. Now I don't know if you remember Bo Donaldson in the Haywoods. They wrote that song, Billy, don't be a hero. Yeah. It was such a gay song, you know what I mean? I like, but it sold a lot of a lot of albums, and he had a hit. You know, he had a commercially successful hit. But he was my boss. You oh. know what I mean? And what what happened was he failed. I think, you know, it's easy for me to Monday morning quarterback after. I'm just a lead guitar player in a cover band. I don't write my own stuff, but there's, um, I do, but it's just not like that. <laughs> they, they had hits and their curse was they had just one hit wonders. You know what I mean? They were just one. And it's so sad because, you know, it's not easy to keep being successful like Van Halen was, or, or like uh, the Beatles were, like you said, the stones or deep purple, a lot of bands they're, they're Those are the far and few bands. And I think we're kind of living in that time right now, you know, where we're, you know, with hip hop and stuff like that, we're hearing a lot of one hit wonders, you know, well, history has a weird way of repeating. What's happening with today's bands or today's boy bands or however you want to look at it right. is BTS. they break up, they break up and be their own person or they all or, go solo. Yeah. They all go solo. The Rolling Stones, there will never, ever be another band like them ever. No. They and I, I feel the same way about the Beatles. There'll never be another Beatles. You know what I mean? And of, of the Stones is another one. Um, there's a lot they, of good... They, they, they could pick up their instruments today and oh, do yeah. a concert and sell out easily. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And they, they can Easy. even put out a new album today and sell. Yeah. Another great band that keeps evolving is the Foo Fighters. Oh, to watch love Dave, the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl, yeah. To watch Dave Grohl go from Nirvana to... You know his own. You know, know. The who would have thought? I mean, yeah, and what a fucking amazing talent that guy is. You know, and he has the most simplest way of looking at things. You know what I mean? He just he moves, he evolves with the days. He and was with the he was in like, he was in two of the most greatest bands, right? And he was successful in both of them, right, right, right. But when he was under Nirvana, he had no control whatsoever. He did what right. whatever Kurt wanted. Kurt got and he was the drummer, but he right. had he had ideas, but he right. could he didn't let them out right until the food fighters came. And the food fighters right. came along, it was like, oh my gosh, something totally different, something totally new. And he and it's still I, agree. He I think it's important that these that people like Dave Grohl's the greatest example of it, or even people like uh George Harrison and the Beatles or Paul McCartney, yeah. you know, they 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 know their spot. And they fill it and they know the position. Exactly. They don't rock the boat. You know what I mean? And Mick Jagger is another one. And Keith Richards is another. Those guys, they know what to do and when to do it. And then they do their solo thing. Look at Paul McCartney, the success he had, you know, yeah, John Lane. Yeah, yeah it, it's amazing that these guys can go from it's hard. It's got to be the hardest thing for any band to do is to stay in the limelight, you know, with success. It really is, you know. I don't. Phil Collins, know. a yeah. drummer. What? Another yeah. example. Phil Collins is an awesome drummer, yeah. but yeah. he came out of the shadow and did his own yeah. thing. Yeah, from Genesis to Phil Collins, you know what I mean? The guys that don't, they it's in their blood. I think, you know, how could you not? Like, I watch old videos of Eddie Van Halen just writing songs that are coming along five years later than what they showed the recording date, you know. And I'm like, wow. You know, he already his head's always going. The 19, 1984 album and the mm -hmm. first song that came off of that album was Jump. I heard yeah. that song and I thought it was too poppy. I thought yeah. it was it was just a, a gimmick, <laughs> and that but, is one of the most but, popular Van Halen songs. There, that is right? the most popular Van Halen song. Isn't there that is. insane? And, and there's I, so and much. I will sing to it today. Song. But back then, I didn't sing to it. It was like, ah, oh, that's a poppy. But you came out with Panama, that song. That song was a, a hot right. for teacher, that song. Off of that yeah. same album, they had so many other hits that I thought amazing. were better than oh, Jump. Oh, yeah. But Jump, because man, it, it, it people, people like yourself, people like you, myself, that, you know, we're musically inclined. We might not be able to play everything all the time, but but we, we have good ears and we know when somebody's kicking ass. And, you know, it's it's almost a shame. Like, I don't think Van Halen ever had with David Lee Roth a number one album until what? 5150 with Sammy Hagar. Then they started selling, you know, 
And I think there's so much great early Van Halen stuff. There was so much magic with yeah. Eddie Van Halen and right. David Lee Roth. Right. But it just was overshadowed by, <laughs> I'd say, yeah. I'd say David Lee Roth. His complete yeah. attitude. It's but it's David Lee Roth. That's why they came back with him. They either got to accept it. But I've seen so many interviews with Eddie just complaining, arguing about David Lee Roth, and just mad at him for you know for, they had for those being problems. David Lee Roth. It's they David had Roth. those problems. They had those problems with him before the band oh, even yeah, made it. Yeah, yeah, it was already. They've always had it. So, but. Just, what a showman. He knew how to sell Van Halen. Yep, you know, Van did Halen it. didn't even know how to sell Van Halen. And Eddie yep. being the greatest guitar player at the time, he couldn't sell Van Halen. Yep. He needed David Lee Roth, you know. And yes, with, with Sammy Hagar, they got, I love Sammy Hagar because he is, uh, just let's face it, he's a much better vocalist than David Lee Roth ever was, you know what I mean? And still is. But David Lee Roth is the whole package. But you, know, you, could, you could listen to a David Lee Roth song and know that is David Lee oh, Roth right oh, there. Oh, yeah. You could yeah. listen to Sammy Hagar's songs and you got to kind of guess, is that Sammy Hagar? It sounds like it's Sammy Hagar. Right. That might, that might be <laughs> Sammy Hagar. And, right, right. But with David Lee Roth, you know that's yeah. David Lee Roth. You know. And there was a, you know, there was a learning curve with him as far as, you know, I, I'm good friends with people who literally jammed with Van Halen in David Lee Roth's dad's house, Fine, you know, in yeah. their basement there. Yeah. So, and, and good friends. And they were always going at, there was a time when Alex was almost replaced by a friend oh, yeah. of mine. Yeah. So it's, 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 they, they're so technical, but I think they realize, and then Roth let it get to his head at the end. I think, you again, know, that again. I don't need these guys, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't need these guys, I, yeah. you know, which is part, a shame. Part of, but, the, part of that poppy sound, part of the poppy sounds that went along with Van Halen out of every, out of every album, they've, did some of the poppy sounds and they right, right. and they recorded them that was mm -hmm. that was david lee roth that yeah. was david lee roth yeah. he he loves to be poppy he loves to be a showman he loves right. to uh do that kind of swing music and you know and you, that, you that was hear something, yeah you want to hear something i always had this thing on oh, david lee roth what an asshole you know what i mean and then um a long time ago my wife her mother died. I think this was back in 85. And, and anyway, so I'm at the hospital in San Gabriel Community Hospital. And in comes walking David Lee Roth, right? Now, I had already met Eddie Van Halen back in 1980-something. Yeah. You know, I think his second album had just come out, 79-80, at Magic Mountain. He was a jerk. He really was an asshole, to <laughs> us anyways. But I hear he's got some, such a big heart, you know, but he was just being a jerk that day. And, but... So I, here comes David Lee Roth walking in the hospital and he's going mountain climbing. He needs a hemoglobin shot to go mountain climbing. More red blood cells and I don't know, more oxygen or whatever. He's yeah. climbing mountains. So I'm like, you know, I say, hey, Dave, how's it going? What are you doing here? I'm getting a hemoglobin shot. Um, I believe. I, anyways, so anyways, I said, hey, man, would you mind my wife's mother? They're going to pull the plug on the machine. Would you mind going and talking to him and signing autographs? And, the guy was the most stand-up yeah. person you'd ever want to meet. He was so he wasn't David Lee Roth at that moment. He was a human being, you know. He wasn't trying to sell anything. No, he was no. just he doesn't he was, always try to sell something. I think yeah, he, tries, no. he tries to just be himself. Right. That's him. That's him. Yeah. The way but you put a camera acted. on him, oh, he yeah. goes nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's instant David Lee Roth, the yeah. star. But at that hospital, he was the most congenial human being I think I've ever met. And it was like, wow, I had a newfound respect for the guy after that. And I said, hey, I like your new guitar player, Steve Vai. He just got Steve Vai in the band. I go, he goes, yeah, he kicks ass on. I go, fuck yeah, he kicks ass. But what a great human being he ended up yeah. being. And it's just, you got to know him for what it's worth and not not yeah. the star guy. You know? Yeah. There's well, only Andy, so long. Andy, it's almost time for us to go. Oh, I had a great time talking to you. We could do you. this forever. Oh, yeah. We could talk music forever. So I, much love, I love discussing music. Yeah, me too. So you me. have an upcoming gig uh, this weekend at the Can Canyon Lakes? Yeah, Sports Stop in Canyon Lake. Uh, that's between Lake Elsinore and Menifee. Menifee, yeah. 
Yeah, I believe the show time's at about eight o'clock, eight to eleven or so, eight to twelve midnight or something. I'm not sure. Like I told you earlier, right. I didn't know what shit we're doing until like a few hours yeah. before. It. And then you have another gig at um, Irwindale Speedway. Ir- Irwindale Raceway at uh, the next day. Um, it's a private event. Although I think if you're in the park, I don't know how it can be private. So yeah. Anyways, yeah, we're looking forward to because these are the first California shows we've done in a while. You know, and, we've been playing out. We, we have the opportunity to hearing you guys come out and do Scare oh. Fair. Scare Fair oh. on October 30th. We cannot wait for I'm that. I'm so event. excited to be doing that gig, dude. Yeah. But you never told me how did we how did you first hear about us or see us? Um, I was uh going through bands. I was going through bands and I was mm-hmm. w- looking up cover bands. We have a great mm-hmm. cover band that playing that evening, and that's gonna be oh. um American Zombie. They do a great cover of uh Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie, so, right? So, and they do an awesome cover. They sound like them, look like them. So it's I amazing. wanted, I wanted something to complement what we had, and be right. able to. Uh, and I kept listening to your music over and over and over. Oh, and wow. I said these guys are great. I, I didn't need to get a hold of them, and so I got a hold of Lydia, your wow. wife, and that's that's how you how guys cool. came out. But I can't wait yeah, to that, see you guys. Uh, it's a small world. Then we find out we lived in the same. Oh yeah. City and all that other yeah. shit. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. yeah. It's a small world. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the opportunity to do. We look forward to that gig. And like I said, it's perfect for our our bass player because he lives right up there with you. Yeah. You know, he's in Victorville. So. Yeah. And he does the open mic night at the. Uh, what's the name of that place? Uh, I forget. But anyways, uh, he he's gonna kill me for not remembering that. <laughs> but yeah. Go is see him. It, is it the, uh, the golf course? No, 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 no. He does an oh. open mic at, uh, it used to be called a different name, Bombshells. Oh, Bombshells. Oh, okay, Bombshells, yes. Yeah. Yes. And he usually does that fr- that's, Saturday. That's close and, to the fairgrounds also. Right, right. Saturday and Sunday. And then um, I want to say we've played at this fairground before, have we? Oh, I no. We, I have no idea. We played at the Town's End, which is a oh, different. Oh, okay. Over in Apple Valley. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's been a while since we played in California. We're definitely looking forward to that night because yeah. we can't wait to do the Scare Fair. That's going to be cool. That's going to be a lot of fun. That whole yeah. event's going to be what, fun. What's the date on that again? October 30th. Okay, you guys, October don't 30th. forget. October 30th. You got to be there. Roadwork would be on uh, about, hit the stage about 5.30 to right. 7.30, around that time yeah. somewhere. And then uh, American and Zombies going on. Right. All right. Well, right. thank you for the opportunity, my brother. I'm glad oh, you no liked problem. it. All, All right. right. You take it easy. It's great talking you to too, you. My friend. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This is yes. my public life. My public life is an American <laughs> Public <nerd>. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally public now. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Everybody have a good day. Bye. Peace, everybody. Bye. Thank you.